Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast, where you'll hear right from the source how people like you have been able to buy and build their businesses across different industries all over the country. Dan Claps is the co-founder of Career Transition Leads, Nurture Assist, and Find a Business Online. Christian Dadalak is a franchise consultant with Find a Business Online, and he heads up business development for Career Transition Leads and Nurture Assist. He also runs an independent franchise consulting business, The Franchise Guys. Together, they formed relationships with hundreds of successful business owners who are excited to share their stories with you. Now, here are your hosts, Dan and Christian. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. Uh, Today, we have a really exciting guest, uh, Drew Lund, who is with uh, Complete Pest Solutions. So, Drew is the Director of Franchise Development for Complete Pest Solutions. After stepping into the world of franchising just a couple of years ago, He's found a love for the industry, uh, like we all have, and uh, that has helped so many people achieve their goals, and he's excited to be a part of the growth of a very fantabulous company. So with all that said, Drew, welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome, man. Of course. So I think a good place to start would be to talk a little bit about how you found your way into franchising, because I think for a lot of us that are in the franchise industry, it's more of a situation where franchising found us rather than we found franchising. So tell me a little bit more about your background and how, how you got into franchising. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that's 100% uh, accurate. I personally got into franchising uh, through what franchising is really all about, which is networking. You know, that's as I've learned through being in, in the industry, uh, networking and connections is so important to everything we do. And it really is a, a pretty small world once you get into it. And uh, I saw that firsthand because I I uh, actually met the owner of the company that I'm at through church. Uh, and I actually originally went to college uh, for that. I was a pastor for a while and, uh, you know, spent all day talking with people and doing all that stuff and just got to know the owner of the company and understand a little bit more about what he does. And, and so I eventually, you know, just transitioned over to this, not anything I ever saw myself in, but like you said, I think that seems to be a pretty common story within the industry, you know, that this is something that um, is really attractive to people, you know, for myself, I've had positions in the past of sales or other kinds of things as, as I was going through college or whatever else. And, uh, um, you know, I just, I learned that in franchising, it's different, you know, you are not it feels almost like you're not really selling something, you know, when you're in franchise development and that kind of thing, really what you're doing is you are helping other people to see how they can help themselves. At the end of the day, franchisees are investing in themselves. All that's all that we're doing is providing the framework for that. Uh, There's a system that I learned about um, a book um, that's called the trellis and the vine. And it talks about growth within organizations. And it talks about how uh, when an organization grows, that's like a vine growing. And you have to be able to have uh, a trellis, which is the wood lattice work that allows the vine to grab onto things in order to grow. Um, And I think it's a really helpful analogy for how we want things to grow organically, but we also have to have structure in place. Otherwise, the growth is not sustainable. And that really is what we do in franchising is we're just we're selling the trellis. You know, we're giving people the opportunity to uh, channel their own growth and their own skills and their own finances and their own potential and their own time into something that already exists and works. And that is just a different kind of arena that really appealed to me from the moment I stepped into it. 
Man, I love that analogy. That's so cool. I'm probably going to end up stealing that from you, but it's, it's, it's so true. <laughs> Franchising really does provide that, that support system, but it really is investing in yourself. You're growing and there's the support, the backbone that the franchise is providing as well. A uh, lot to unpack there though, man. So you were going to school or, or going on the, the career path to be a pastor. And so that just seems like such a 180. That's very interesting. So it must've been a pretty compelling story with either the brand. I mean, you must've really liked the brand, obviously the, the founder as well. So, so what exactly was it that attracted you? Obviously the, fr- the franchising industry, the franchise model. I think a lot of us that are listening understand that and the merits of the franchise model, but what specifically about the brand really drew you to want to get involved? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. That is, I, you know, my bachelor's degree is in biblical studies. So I went through and completed college with, with that intention and did that for several years. Um, and, you know, for me, it wasn't about, uh, the transition wasn't about what I was leaving. It was about what I was going towards. I'm actually still, my wife and I, with our two kids, we're still uh, heavily involved in that same church uh, and we're still attending there and, and I have all sorts of connections and friends and all that stuff, um, <clears throat> as is the owner. Uh, but really it was about what I was going towards. What was next? Uh, what was on the horizon for me? And that's where I, I, really, I really realized that, um, you know, I've heard people talk, people who know far more about this stuff than I do talk about how um, careers these days, when you look at people who are younger, uh, who are getting into the workforce, or maybe in their 20s and their 30s, more and more people now are looking less at the job that they do and more at the organization they're a part of. And that, that that's a trend, statistical trend that people are more and more caring about. What am I a part of? What is, what is the, the system that I'm contributing to? Uh, what is the purpose of this place? What is their mission? What are their values? Um, and for me, that's really what it was. I mean, certainly I enjoy what I do. Uh, and, you know, as everything I did in college and then in my first several years in my, in my previous career, it's all about communication and all about people. And, and I still say I use that every day. You know, that's what it is. You have a message and you communicate it to people and you relate to people and you build uh, rapport and relationship. And none of that has changed from what I did there. Uh, I'm just not attaching Bible verses to the end of what I say anymore, you know. Right. Uh, but at, at the same time, uh, what it is, is, you know, really, it's an opportunity to be a part of something that's going somewhere. And so I was I was the first hire here uh, on our corporate team, you know, before me, it was just complete pest solutions, uh, with the, the pest control branches. And so I was the first corporate hire, uh, that, that was not a person just on how do we apply pest control at homes and wildlife control at homes, uh, but is on the, how do we grow the business and how do we expand into new territory and, and, and all that. And, that was, you know, a couple of years ago. And at this point, having only been doing this for a little while, we've already gotten to the point from where it was just me and the owner to now we've got uh, our office administrator, we've got our director of sales, we've got our, our lead trainer, uh, who's, who spent, you know, years with far larger companies like Terminix and, and others that are really highly successful. And he's come on with us and, and uh, we've got a videographer and media and, and, all these things that to see this team come together, I had the opportunity because of my relationship with Anthony to see from the beginning where this could be going uh, and, and to realize that I had an opportunity not just to be on the train when I could see the destination coming, but also to be a part of what got the train to that destination it was really appealing to me to be a part of something that was going somewhere. Um, so that's really how I ended up here was just 
It was about the opportunity of seeing what I could be able to be a part of in terms of organization and what it brings to, to people, to customers, but also to the franchisees and the opportunity it has for them to be able to get on the train to get to their own goals. Love that. So it sounds like you've been there since the very beginning for the most part. I have been since the beginning of the franchising phase. The company itself has been around uh, since 2018 as a, or sorry, excuse me, since 2008 uh, as a, a company but with pest control and has grown ever since then. And, you know, uh, Anthony, our owner, his, his, uh, he started it as a one-man show, but his experience in pest control went back a couple of decades before that when he was managing uh, his, uh, actually his father's uh, large and successful uh, pest control company that was, uh, you know, had a couple dozen techs and whatever else was going on with that as well. So he transferred from that to doing his own thing. And <clears throat> so the company has been around longer than I have, but when it comes to franchising, uh, I did come on board just before our first one started. And so I, I have pretty much been here from the beginning as far as franchising is concerned. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, this maybe this is a, is a question for Anthony, but I'm sure you have some insight as well. But what ultimately was the decision or, or the point where where he found that, hey, we have we have a business here that really is franchisable. What what made Anthony decide to go the franchise route? Do you know? Yeah, I actually do. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, he was he and I were, were very good friends before I started to work with him. And, uh, and so we've, we've really had a chance to talk about these things over the years. And what I know about Anthony is he really, really, there are, uh, if there are two things he loves outside of business and what he does here <clears throat> in his personal life, it is his family and it is other people and helping people. And I'm not just saying that I'd say that if this wasn't recording, I mean, he is genuinely the most generous person I know. And so for him, he grew his company over a period of years. It's actually an incredible story. It started out, like I said, as a one-man show on the ground by himself every day uh, until it got to a point uh, from 20, 2008 to 2012. He built it up. He had multiple technicians. He had multiple. Uh, he had someone in the office. He had all these trucks. And uh, they actually had a fire that burnt down uh, their whole office and, and essentially ruined all of their vehicles. And so he had to wow. pretty much build it back up again from, from that. And so... Um, he went then from 2012, you know, he'd gotten out of the truck. He was in the office. He was overseeing the team to 2012. He's back in the truck. He's rebuilding the fleet. He's rebuilding the team, did that over several years. And then it got to around 2018 or, or, or so. And he started to realize that now he's, he's spread out. He's got business across, you know, multiple States in Ohio where we started, but also in Pennsylvania, he's got, you know, three locations in Canton, Ohio, and Youngstown, Ohio, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as well as some kind of tendrils going out from there. And he just realized that he would not be able to continue to grow his business and expand that footprint and be able to, you know, bring that brand to other people more uh, without sacrificing a lot of time with his family. And I, I know his kids, I know them well, a couple of them were actually in the ministry that I led as, as a pastor. And so he wanted to be able to remain in his kids' lives, still be able to take his son to baseball practice and go to his games and all those kinds of things while uh, being able to grow his business. So that's one part of it. And the other part of it is uh, he truly is such a gen generous person that he wants to be able to help people uh, experience what he has, to go from working for somebody else in, a, in this other environment to then it, he's the one at the helm of the ship you know, holding on to the steering wheel. And, and that uh, really was, it just changed his life, frankly, and the life of his family. And so he saw that he could do both of these things at once. He could continue to grow his brand 
and bring the services to other people that he's continued to bring to his own customers, uh, he could expand that while also being able to uh, use that to fuel the growth of other people and give other people tools uh, to be able to succeed. Because that's really at the end of the day, what we what we have talked about. And even literally just this morning, we had this conversation about how when it comes to pest control, it, we provide solutions. We're going to make sure that people are taken care of. Everything is everything is knotted up tight. The, the animals can't get, get back in. The pests aren't going to make it in, all that stuff. We provide solutions with pest control. But with business, we provide tools. And we provide, like we talked about earlier, that framework, that, that, that trellis. Um, and so that's really what he saw was the opportunity to kill those two birds with one stone. Love that. I'm always impressed with the, the resilience of the entrepreneur, the business owner. I mean, to have that fire take place and essentially have to start over again is frustrating. And I think for a lot of people, that's a point where they say, you know what, maybe this isn't the right fit for me. Maybe that's God telling me that this isn't the right fit, right? I should do something right, else. Right. And I just think it's so special to look at that and see an opportunity there and so say, no, this is a reason to keep going. This is a reason I am meant to do this. And so that's, that's certainly commendable. I think that's really awesome. And, and I agree as well that franchising is such a perfect way to scale a model. Yes, you can absolutely open up additional corporate stores or territories, locations, but oftentimes that is going to require a lot of involvement from the owner. Whereas with the franchise model, yes, there's still involvement, there's still training, and you still need to build those infrastructure and systems to get things up and running. But when you have franchise partners that are helping you to expand, and that's just such a great way to do it. And not to mention, like you said, he also gets the satisfaction. You all at Complete Pest Solutions get the satisfaction of really seeing people be successful in the model and helping people to get out of corporate America, be their own boss, be in business for themselves, but not by themselves. So I think that's fantastic. Uh, so with all that said as well, I am curious, mm -hmm. we did touch a little bit on the brand, but if you could go a little bit more into Complete Pest Solutions, uh, some of the support and features and things like that, some of the services you provide for the consumer, and then also uh, touch on as well, what some of the support structures look like for the franchisee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so we are, uh, as we've alluded to already so far, and it's you know, pretty clear from the name, we're a pest control company. Uh, but really beyond that, um, you know, this industry is one service industry in general is big right now. You know, during uh, lockdown, pandemic, all these things, um, we all know that the businesses that struggled to stay open the most were things like restaurants and other kinds of businesses that have that kind of physical location. And the ones that stayed open the most uh, tended to be the ones that are service oriented around essential services, you know, and pest control pretty clearly is very essential, especially in the height of a pandemic when that is all about public health and safety. And that is what we do. We protect people. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, the number one cause of house fires in America is, is some kind of wildlife, either a rodent or a squirrel, which is a rodent, but you know what I mean? Like a mouse, a rat, a squirrel, something like that, getting into some kind of attic space, something like that, and chewing on wires, and it, it electrocutes them, and it causes a fire uh, that can burn down the house. That's the most common co uh, cause of fire in America, so it's a huge safety thing to keep your home protected from that. 
uh, as well as not to mention, you know, other kinds of health risks that come from, you know, uh, stinging insects for anybody's, but especially those that have allergies, uh, bed bugs and the, the health risks those carry, mosquitoes, whatever it may be. All of these things have their place in the ecosystem, but not in your home. And so that's where what we do is to is protect people. And so we stayed open. And not only did we stay open, we grew by 50% across the board from 2020 to 2021. You know, in that period, when so many businesses were struggling, uh, we grew significantly and substantially and more than we ever had before that in a single year. And uh, so that is service businesses are huge right now. Pest control is huge right now. And within that industry, uh, if you look at the market, if you look at what's available, who's franchising, if you don't look at the big names, right, your Orkins, your Terminixes, these companies that are billion dollar companies uh, that, you know, if you want to franchise with them, it's going to cost you a bunch of money and they're going to tell you where to go because there's such little territory left. You're not going to get where you want. You're going to end up in the middle of nowhere, no family around, no friends around, all that kind of thing. And you're just going to have to start from scratch right there. Whereas uh, with us, what we do is, we provide a wide range of services. So again, if you look at the market, that's not the big guys, you're going to see a, a whole heck of a lot of mosquito control companies right now. You'll see a handful of companies that do general pest control. And you'll see a, a, even less companies that do just wildlife control, which you're pretty much not going to find outside of those huge names that cost a bunch of money and have no territory availability is somebody who does all of those things under one roof, with one training process, with one name, and so that from day one, uh, you can get those pest control uh, customers, you can get those wildlife control customers, you can get those mosquito customers, you can on and on and on where uh, the more services you offer with that, the more opportunity that your phone is going to ring, and the more opportunity that when your phone rings that you can actually solve multiple problems of theirs. And so it's really common for us. We get a lot of wildlife calls because not many companies do it. We get out there, we, we take care of the raccoon that's in the attic. We do it humanely. We do it without touching the raccoon so we can get back out into the wilderness. And we close off the hole so the raccoon can't, can't get back in. And then now we have the opportunity to present them with the ability that we have to protect them from also pests and moving forward. So then we have the wildlife jobs that are the high ticket one-time jobs oftentimes. And then we can convert that into the long-term reoccurring lower ticket jobs and pest control uh, that we can lock into reoccurring contracts and these kinds of things. And it's a win for us because it's, it's recurring revenue, it's higher revenue, and it's a win for the customer because we're providing better protection and better services. So uh, that's really where we come into the market is this industry is huge right now. And we have the best door into the industry to be able to get our franchisees into a competitive industry in a way that they're going to stand out from day one <clears throat> so that they can find success, they can get those contracts, they can get that revenue growth uh, in a way that really is going to be appealing to them. So that's really the broad pitch of Complete Pass Solutions is, is really just that. It's complete. That's that's what we focus on. And so within that, you know, we know that we're an emerging brand. And so we really uh, are in a place where we love to work with our franchisees as they come on board and help them see what are your needs. That's the kind of thing you don't get from a lot of more established brands, a lot more locations. The larger you get inherently, you have to get more structured, more regimented, uh, more uh, specific about the guidelines and requirements. And uh, there's a place for all of that, but there's also a place to say, look, what's your territory like? What is your personality like? How can we really gear what you're doing towards that. So there's a lot of things that we do, such as help, uh, allowing franchisees to work out of their home in the early days, uh, not requiring them to brand, buy a brand new truck, uh, 
brand new truck fresh off the line, but working with them to see how we can get a cheaper vehicle or even work with one they might have already that passes kind of the minimum checks we have and appearance and, and ability to hold what it needs to hold, those kinds of things to keep their costs low, as well as just our overall uh, buy-in cost is uh, as low as you'll find in the industry and sometimes lower than the companies that uh, offer less in terms of services. So we do that. We have obviously uh, the, the normal kinds of marketing support with providing materials to be able to market your business in your area. Uh, but something that we really capitalized on uh, that I've actually had a lot of validation and confirmation from consultants in the industry who specialize in working with many brands and many franchisees. And uh, what we've done is for our size, we have something that pretty much no other emerging brand has in our market, which is we have a corporate accounts division, which means we have people who specialize in going after big clients. And this year alone, I mean, we're just a couple months into the year at this point. This year alone, we've, we've cl uh, closed multiple contracts that are close to $100,000 in revenue, guaranteed yearly contracts with government uh, entities like housing authorities. Um, and like, that's just a couple months into the year. And multiple of our franchisees have already had these contracts basically just handed them to say, look, you just do the work and you're, you're getting, you know, tens of thousands of dollars out of this, you know? And so that's the kind of thing that we have in place that Anthony, our owner, has developed over the years, and now he's building the sales team that he's giving that knowledge to. Those kinds of contracts are really hard to compete for, uh, and we know how to do that. So that's just another example of kind of the support that we offer from day one that you don't get from other emerging brands. Definitely. You said a couple of things there that I want to touch on, and a lot of it was spot on. I think a lot of people, when they think franchising, immediately they think of food, they think of McDonald's, and they think, wow, you know, it'd be cool to have this brand and be cool to have a McDonald's, I guess, but it also would maybe not be so fun in certain ways because it's probably super corporate -y and super structured, overly structured. And my, uh, my ability, my wiggle room to run the operation sort of how I'd like to run it is very, very narrow. And that is a common misconception. I think that's, that might, that's true of some of those empire brands that are super well-established multi-billion dollar mm -hmm. companies. But even some bigger companies aren't necessarily like that. But especially with emerging brands, you're growing as a franchisee. You're growing with the brand and the brand is growing with you. Yep. And so it is more flexible. They're more willing to work with you. So that's a huge advantage, I think, to working with more of an emerging brand. Uh, and, and so I love that. And then one thing I'm curious to hear you touch on as well is I, I know a lot of people are listening and thinking, my God, pest control or complete pest solutions. I mean, that sounds like something that I'm not really passionate about. And that's another misconception. I think people think yeah. that, man, I got to go into a business being super passionate about it. But I think you can learn to be passionate about it. And I would imagine that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine that it's not necessarily the owner of the business doing a lot of the actual work, uh, but it's maybe them managing, leading a team, building a team and offering really great services to the consumer. So can you touch on that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad you, you gave me the opportunity to speak to that. I think uh, to put it in, in, a, in a blunt way, I like to sometimes, I think that um, the pest control doesn't have the sex appeal that uh, a bar and grill does, right? I mean, sure. when you just put on a flat level like that, if you look at like, man, what business do I want to be able to go back to my high school reunion and tell people that I have, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's probably not pest control. It's probably something that, that people want to go to that everyone's going to on a Friday night. It's, but when you really look at it, what's really appealing about a business, one that looks great, but 
just with its flashiness, it could flash out as well, or one that really is going to have sustainability and growth. Because if you look in your area, who, wherever you are, whoever you are listening, if you look in your area, I don't have to tell you about the restaurants that don't make it. You know the restaurants that pop up on your street and go out. You know, in a matter of a year, two years, five years, you know the things that come and co and come and go because there is style, there is what's in, what's out, there is all these kinds of things that come and go with that. What is always in is not having a bee's nest in your wall, <laughs> and so that's where you know if you put the the appearance of walking in, you know, and having the sex appeal or whatever you want to call it of of owning that bar and grill, that whatever else, at the end of the day, it's so much better to be able to have a business that works and that lasts. And that has so much more value. And frankly, more sex appeal in that way, you know, to have something that's successful at the end of the day and is going to be successful for a long period of time. And that's where, to get to your question of kind of what that looks like, um, you know what, that comes back to, again, where, where we are as an emerging brand, we work with our franchisees. So we have really two kinds of people that come to us and that we talk to. One kind is uh, we have a lot of appeal for the blue collar kind of people the or, or lower level white collar, the people who are really, you know, the working class guy. They're still doing the nine to fives. They're still out there doing what they're doing. And they may not have the funds to come in and do a massive thing off the bat. They don't necessarily want to come in and have to take on the expense of all these employees and all this stuff. And so for somebody who's in that space, who wants to get in and get their hands dirty, get working hard and get that sweat equity, sweat equity from day one, we've got that. And that is where you get in and from day one, you're like Anthony was when he founded this company. You're the one man show. You're out there, you're doing everything and growing that business. And this does two things for you. First of all, it keeps the costs very low. And second of all, <clears throat> so your overhead's high, you make your money back sooner, all that stuff. And second of all, it puts you in a place where you are gonna know that business so well because you're in there and you're doing it. So when you do get to that point of bringing on team members, which typically for our franchisees so far happens within six months to a year, they're already hiring employees. So this is not the long-term forever. This is just, I'm going to learn the business. I'm going to grow it myself. I'm going to save my money and I'm going to learn the business. Then in six months to a year, when I start to bring those people in, I've got a whole heck of a lot of confidence because I've been doing it. So that's option one. And in that option, I talk about three phases. We have phase one is the one-man show. Phase one of the business, phase one of the franchise. Phase two is when you're growing your team, you're hiring people, you're adding on technicians, you're bringing in someone in the office to handle the scheduling, maybe even multiple eventually. And then your job transfers from doing the stuff to training and maintaining and holding accountability for those who are doing it. And then as that goes on, you, you transfer eventually into phase three, where you now have the ability to be that semi-absentee franchisee. You've got your team in place. They know what they're doing. You check in with them. You make sure it's running. You, you put out the fires when you need to. But for the most part, the system runs itself. And we have that model because there are a lot of people who want a franchise and they want that goal of being semi-absentee. They want that goal of being able to step back and have something that works and runs itself with, with little input from them. And so we've created a roadmap for that for the people who don't have the funds to be able to come in and start uh, from day one with that semi-absentee model. Um, now that said, like I said, we work with our franchisees and so we've got the other side of it. That's the side uh, where you're coming in and you have a team as you come in. Now that might be a team of one, 
You might be somebody who maybe your husband and wife, or maybe you're, uh, you are the, the owner operator, but then you've got this other person who's on board with you. Uh, and you can come in and you say, okay, from day one, I'm going to be in the office. So I'm going to be the one doing the scheduling. I'm going to be the one who's, when, I, when I'm not on the phone with a customer, because in the early days, it's going to be more time than that. I'm going to be making phone calls out. I'm going to be calling the restaurants. I might be driving around, stopping by places. So I'm going to focus on sales. I'm going to make the connections to my community. I'm going to get the name out there. I'm going to find the people who need what we offer. In the meantime, I've got that other person who's out there who's servicing. And when they have an extra time in their schedule, when our, when our, uh, when our schedules are light, he services a house. Then he goes, knocks on the house to the other side, knocks on the house to the other side. So he's out there selling door to door while he's servicing the contracts that we're getting as we go. So that's another model there. And then the other one is really just the true semi-absentee from day one. And that's where you, we allow you to designate an owner or you designate an operator from day one. And that person goes through the training. They know how to do it. It's everything in model one, uh, but you've designated somebody that you trust to do it and who's approved by us. And so through all of these models, that's what I mean is we've got it so that we work for everybody because there are a lot of people who want to come into that semi-absentee model from day one, but there are also a lot of people who want that and can't necessarily afford to do that. And so we've created a way really for anybody who's looking for this to be able to get into this and to be able to get started and be able to have some really serious growth. Absolutely. I love that. And it's from what I, from what I heard, it sounds like a, it's an essential business. It, it is a need, especially given the the global pandemic. And even though hopefully it's, phasing out right now, but people are more health conscious. They want to make sure that disease isn't being spread. Fires are not being caused, which I never knew that that was the number one oh, issue. Absolutely. Fire that blows my mind and flexible investment options. It's a, it sounds like a low initial investment with semi-absentee potential government contract opportunities and other business to business type contracts, which I think is huge that you have an in-house team helping to secure. So I think all of that People may not on the surface look at pest control and think it's sexy, but I think all of that that you mentioned, that actually is pretty sexy, especially for somebody that, which I, I would encourage our audience to really think about that. It's not so much about the widget. It's about the model, the business model, the systems. Yes, you want to make sure you're in a viable industry and a good business, but if it's the right vehicle and you're the right driver, then you, you can go far together. And it sounds like you guys really have that. Absolutely. And, and that's a really good summary there. And potentially at the end of the day, like I said, to bring it back to where we started this conversation, franchising, when you franchise with a company, you're not investing in that company, you're investing in yourself uh, with the framework that they provide to be able to fuel that growth. And so at the end of the day, that's what we do. And so you're, you're exactly right. If you're the kind of person <clears throat> who really has that entrepreneurial mind and spirit, there's a good chance you're going to succeed at whatever you do. When it comes to whether you choose us, whether you go with a restaurant, whether you go with retail, whether you go with on and on and on, you're probably going to succeed anyway. The question is, how fast are you going to get there and what's the ceiling? And that's where for us, uh, you know, we've got that opportunity for people to be able to get in, to be able to, from day one, scale so quickly, got high profit margins, all that kind of thing. So you can grow. And as you grow, this is one of the most scalable businesses out there because you grow, you add your team. And then when you got it and you're there and your territory is booming, you've got that opportunity to say, okay, what's next? And now to spread out into your territory next door. I mean, that's how we grew, grew from where we are and started to spread out. It's not like 
the other kinds of businesses that have brick and mortar buildings or that kind of thing where you have to you have to get another location you got to scout it out you got to build out all this stuff it's just look you just have some routes that send your guys a little bit farther away while you get into that new territory. And then when you're able, you pop up an office that's not near as complicated, not near as expensive. And so it just continues on to where the potential for this is incredible. And so that's like, like I said, at the end of the day, you're investing in yourself. We've just got a framework that's going to help you find that success that you're going to get anywhere. You're going to find it faster and the ceiling's going to be higher with us than it's going to be somewhere else. Absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of people should consider home services, consider all of your options. But what's so nice about a a business like this is while a a physical location that requires a build out, A, it's more capital intensive, usually almost always, because you have to find a location, negotiate the lease, do the build out, all of that. And then eventually the volume that you can produce, the volume of sales you can produce at one location sort of caps out at a certain point. So if you want to continue to scale, well, then you have to open up location number two and then three. And that, again, is capital intensive. And so a business like this is highly scalable. So I would encourage people to keep an open mind and consider all of their options, not just some of the more sexy options. Um, So I think that that's well said. Uh, One last question, then we'll wrap it up here. But uh, as an emerging brand, I am curious because we do have people on here considering opening up their own franchise locations or territories being a franchisee. But we also have a lot of franchisors that listen or people that think about franchising their business. So as an emerging franchisor, as an emerging brand, what sort of advice would you give to somebody that's either thinking about franchising their business or, uh, or, or brands that are more emerging and, and as far as growth and, and how to get past some of those initial challenges that, that every emerging brand likely faces? Yeah. Absolutely. Very, very good question. Um, That's one of the things that I've had the benefit of because I've been here since day one, uh, essentially day one of franchising. I've been able to ride the whole wave up to this point. I'm going to continue to ride that wave as we continue to understand and see what our opportunities are in the future. Um, I think I can boil it down to two main things. Um, Advice I would give to somebody who's thinking about franchising their business. Number one, uh, get really good legal counsel. Um, There are a lot of brands, and unfortunately, we were one of them who you start out with maybe someone who's in your area, who does, you know, who helps some local businesses franchise, and guess what? It might work for your local area, just like ours worked for ours, but at the end of the day, you want something that is going to be able to scale nationally. Nobody really gets into franchising or very, very, very few people get into franchising with the intention of just selling two or three locations or something like that. You get into franchising because you've got your eyes on the horizon and you want to get there. And so uh, from day one, find the one who has a track record of success, has a degree in franchise law, all this stuff, who can get you started out so that from day one, your documents are going to be uh, incredible documents that are going to do everything you need them to do. They're going to give you the protections you need as a franchisor, as well as putting in the things that your franchisees are going to need. It's that trellis. You need that from day one. And uh, we have that now. Uh, we have an incredible lawyer that we're with who we love and has been wonderful to work with. And we are ready to grow with that FDD in a way we never could have been with the one we started with uh, before this all all picked up. And so that's number one. Do it right from the beginning. Don't worry about saving the money or about shortening the process. Do it right from day one and you will never regret it. Uh, And then number two is uh, network. I have only in the last few months really 
started my own personal journey of networking within the industry. Because before then, our focus was really getting the guys we have, the guys and gal we have starting out, uh, getting them situated, get, making sure that they're finding success. That was the focus. The last couple months, I've really been making an intentional effort to network within the industry. I have learned more in the last three months about franchising and this system than I did in probably you know the year and a half before that. Because there's just so many people out there that are so incredible to speak with, to work with. Uh, and that's the idea, right? What franchising is, is you are telling people, franchisees, that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just come on this one and you'll find success. And that's what you have the opportunity to do within the franchising industry. There are so many incredible people, incredible resources that you don't have to reinvent the wheel either as you get into it when it comes to the franchising angle, because it is like a new business. You can run your pest control well, your whatever else well, but it's a different ball game when you get into franchising. It has different laws. It has different ground rules, different expectations. And so I'd say as soon as you're even thinking about it, find networks to be a part of, find people to talk to that you can learn from, that you can bounce ideas off with. Make sure some of them are, are farther along than you in franchising. Make sure some of them are right in the same stage as you so you can go together and make sure a lot of them are not franchisors, people like, uh, like franchise consultants, uh, people like uh, you know lawyers who work with all sorts of people, whoever it may be, connect with people who are in the industry and who you can learn from. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. Obviously, if anybody needs any help with connections to a lot of those different resources, friends of the, fr uh, the Franchise Founders podcast, we can connect you with them. In future episodes, we likely will have some uh, franchise attorneys on as well to discuss exactly what Drew just talked about, which is absolutely critical and important. Don't be a penny wise, but a dollar foolish. Don't step over dollars to get to dimes. It's important to invest into proper franchise counsel. So make sure to do that. But uh, Drew, thanks so much for coming on, man. I think that this was fantastic. Really appreciate it. And uh, to everyone listening, if you could give us uh, uh, a subscription, subscribe, share our podcast, let people know about it and leave us an honest review as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. But uh, until next time, everyone, thanks. And Drew, thanks again for coming on to the Franchise Founders Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, everyone. <laughs>